I'm Bill Osmolsky with the McIver Institute. Welcome to the McIver Newsmakers Podcast. We're joined today by Polk County Sheriff Brent Walk, and we're going to talk about the ATF's recent rule that bans the sale of pistol braces and requires anyone who already owns one to register it with the ATF. Sheriff, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Now, I, I know it's not as simple as that, and we'll get into all the details, but, you know, basically that rule was published in January, and uh, what was your reaction when you heard about it? Well, I'll, I'll first start out by saying, Bill, I'm, a, I'm an avid Second Amendment guy, and I collect guns, and I own guns, and I, you know, as a law enforcement officer, our world revolves around firearms. You know, I've carried one on my hip now for 28 years. So I had learned that this rule was possibly getting uh, pushed forward, and the concern I had was for 10 years, they told you you could have these things. They had even sent a letter from the ATF when you purchased this pistol brace. Now, for, for those that don't really understand what a pistol brace is, basically it allowed you to take a pistol and put this arm brace on that really it was designed to allow disabled hunters and disabled shooters to have access to this type of shooting. Now, this rule change was you can't have that pistol brace on. It was it was making it, people were shoulder firing them, and and it was being considered a rifle, not a pistol. So they decided that they wanted to go forward with this rule change. Well, the problem is they had already addressed this because when these pistol braces first came out 10 years ago, people were shouldering them, and they said, well, you know, how you hold a gun doesn't change what the gun is. The gun is still a pistol, so therefore it's a pistol. Well, now they've changed that opinion and came forward with this rule that would make anybody who possesses one of those after, I think it was May 31st, a potential felon facing 10 years in the federal justice system. So, you know, ATF, first of all, um, you know, we could take it a couple of different ways, but, you know, on what authority can ATF just, you know, kind of snap their fingers and say, okay, this is no longer legal? Right. And that's the concern. That's what motivated me to say, hey, this is wrong. Um, in the past, anytime there's been something similar to this in our society, if they've banned something that people have lawfully purchased, there was a there was a grandfather clause that, okay, the people that have them, you have them. And from this point forward, we will not allow this. Well, this goes back retroactive, and that's another huge issue I have. And when you look at all these issues, I mean, it really does conflict with our constitutional rights. All right, so ATF wakes up one morning. They say, hey, we're going to write a new rule that bans these things. What was your reaction? How did you, what, did, what did you do when, when you found out about this? Well, first off, I thought it would never actually come come true. I thought these are people that operate in a similar environment. They know the law. They know the Constitution. They've taken an oath to uphold the Constitution. And I thought, well, I can't believe they're doing this. So fortunately, I had been contacted by my U.S. Congressman, Tom Tiffany, who a fantastic congressman. He really cares a lot about his constituents. And he had reached out and said he was coming to Amory, Wisconsin, for a listening session. And so I said, I thought, what a perfect time for me to draft a letter to the ATF and then hand it to my congressman and ask him to deliver it to the director of the ATF. And my concerns, you know, were in that letter. I wrote a, I wrote a pretty um, to the point letter saying that this is overreach. This is wrong. It's unconstitutional. And we lose all faith and trust in your ability to do your job when you come out with rulings like this. So timing is everything. I met with congressman. I handed him the letter. And he delivered that letter to the director of the ATF, this Stephen Dettelbach. 
And ironically, then they responded to my letter, but they didn't respond to me. They gave the congressman a letter addressing my concerns. Yeah, I read that letter, and I mean, it was, you know, your basic, uh, your, it, it, a lot of it seemed uh, like a form letter, and then there was a lot of just uh, cut and paste, eh, we're, you know, this is still being determined, figured out in court, so we aren't going to comment on it. Right, and the director of the ATF, honestly, I watched some of some of his hearings to Congress, and um, I think he's even confused on what a pistol brace is and how this rule impacts people, because he made some very wrong statements in that, because... The facts are, if you still have one of these braces attached to your pistol and the ATF found you right now, you could be charged with a 10-year felony, and that should concern everybody. Um, this is government overreach. This is uh, unacceptable. Well, 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 not quite right now, right? I mean, this is being—the uh, the, the rule's not in effect yet, is it? The rule is in effect. However, there are some— uh, court procedures that are going on. It is getting challenged in the courts, and there was uh, some injunctions that were allowed. But again, um, I'm a little disappointed that it hasn't been swiftly struck down because it, 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 it just violates so many different, uh, the process in this country of, of rulemaking, that, that no, no government body other than our legislature should be making laws. And this is a law change. This, this makes criminal penalty for violating this rule. Now, now some people are going to say, you know, Polk County Sheriff doesn't, you know, says, uh, you know, ATF can't do this. Big deal. ATF, you know, has, uh, finds out somebody at, uh, you know, 123 Main Street has a pistol brace and they go into your county and they, you know, they go and they arrest that person and they leave your county. Um, you know, that, that, to, that, that might be, you know, the perception of somebody that doesn't understand, understand how law enforcement works would, would just see it and, and wonder what the big deal is. How does this actually work in real life? Like, how does ATF come into your county and start enforcing federal laws? What do they expect of you? How do they notify you? You know, like, what is that interaction like? Well, I'll, I'll be honest, the history of working with federal agents in our county, and in, in to set the stage here, we're a rural north, northwestern Wisconsin county. Our county is comprised of a lot of small towns. And so the feds have always been a resource. If we have, and we're a border county as well, we're, we border Minnesota. The river, Sinclair River, separates us from Minnesota. So, you know, if we have a big crime that spills into both states, the FBI has always been a resource for us. They've, they've come up and helped us on interstate theft cases and property crimes and some of those things. Also, we've had, if we have a bank robbery, the FBI has come up. Um, ATF, uh, DEA, some of these federal agencies have helped on large drug trafficking cases, and it's always typically been a pretty favorable environment. However, um, as we see now in a lot of headlines, uh, the public trust of some of these federal agencies has really weathered away because of some of the political things they've done. And, you know, now I have concerns about federal agents entering my county. So I actually put out in January of of 20, I put out a, or I'm sorry, January of 21, I put out a, a directive. Anytime a federal agent enters Polk County, I want to be uh, notified. I don't care what time of day it is. If my deputies learn that an agent is coming in, I want to know what the intentions are and what they're doing. And that is the neat part of being a sheriff. You know, you answer to your voters. There's no board. There's no direct oversight. Um, and I can make those decisions. And sometimes those decisions are controversial, but at I have to hang my hat on the Constitution and protecting my citizens from government overreach. And so I put a directive out. I want to be notified. Now, when a federal agent comes to Polk County, 
typically they'll come forward and, ask, and let us know what they're doing. So it's usually been positive. No, I haven't had any agents come looking for pistol braces or anything like that. And, you know, I don't anticipate that, you know, they don't have enough staff to start doing that. But the concern is what if I, I've, I've used this analogy, say you left the range and you're shooting your pistol brace gun and you, you're driving home and you, you get a flat tire, you pull over, the cop shows up. Oh my God, there's a pistol brace, you know? So um, typically we don't take action on federal laws like that, but we would refer them to the feds. You know, we, we we'd maybe seize the firearm and then turn it over to the, the federal government, which is a whole nother story because in my career in law enforcement, I have very rarely ever seen somebody charged with a felon in possession of a firearm at the federal level, they seem to always deny. They always deny your case because over the years we've uncovered, we've recovered a few felons that were in possession of firearms, and we've asked the feds if they were interested. And you know, 99% of the time they're just not interested, which always surprises me because you think, wow, this is actually a a really good case here. But back to your question, um, we've had a favorable working relationship with the feds, but we we do have the ability to. Um, like I say, I'm not looking to get in an armed confrontation with the feds, but if I had a task force group of federal agents show up at my county, I'm I'm ready to defend my citizens. I'm ready to stand in the way of the federal agent and say, no, you're not going to come here and enforce an unconstitutional order. Yeah, and, you know, that's kind of where we're at right now, too. You know, you say, oh, this has never happened before, but we're kind of in, in an era where just because something's never happened before doesn't mean that it's not probable it will happen. Right. And you know, I really hope that the courts sort this out quickly because um, this is wrong. This is this is steered politically to, you know, again, it's another attempt to make gun owners villains. We're blaming an object in this country for, for poor behavior, and this, this object is the source of politics right now. There's a lot of, a lot of eyes on gun reform and whatnot, and it's just troubling. It's troubling to see that. So um, this this is so wrong, and yet it's it's going forward. So I, I'm confident. I really believe in our system of checks and balances that we will see the courts eventually overturn this. And then what is the consequence? That's the question I have now. So in my opinion, if the courts, if the Supreme Court rules this was unconstitutional, every single person at the ATF that was involved in this should lose their job and face criminal penalties for violating the Constitution. It's misconduct in office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as the sheriff, on the sheriff, as a sheriff, if I decided, well, today I'm going to throw out the Fourth Amendment, and I'm just going to start breaking into people's homes, I would go to prison for that. I have to respect the law of the land. The law of the land is what our Supreme Court says and what our Constitution says. Yeah. Yeah. And if I disrespect that, I should be facing misconduct and office charges. It is disappointing how bureaucrats always seem to be able to hide behind their office as just a faceless bureaucrat when they make decisions like that. Absolutely. Um, so, like, like I kind of like I mentioned before, I mean, just because something's never happened before doesn't mean that it's not likely to happen. But has there ever been a situation that you've experienced or that you've heard of of a um, federal law enforcement action where uh, the sheriff wasn't aware of it? Was it, you know a surprise to to hear about that this happened in their county? Yeah, I mean, I think there has been issues. You know, there's a lot of you can search the internet and find find stories where the the feds overstepped their reach and the sheriff has intervened that's happened in some of our western states well, and I mean, those have been inci- those those have been incidences that have really really caused some anti-government type uh sentiment in the in the nation 
but like drug enforcement or FBI or ATF, they've never arrested anybody in Polk County. And you woke up the next morning reading about it in the paper, <laughs> hearing about it for the first time. No, and again, we don't have a lot of federal agents in this area. You know, typically they're coming from uh, southern Wisconsin, and so they're not up here a lot. But in, a, in, in another kind of fun story I'll tell you, I happened to be in a gun shop uh, right after uh, Joe Biden was taken office, and I was in the gun shop, and an ATF, ATF agent actually was in the gun shop doing an audit. Hmm. So uh, Polk County had just become a Second Amendment sanctuary. Our, our county board voted to make our county a sanctuary county. And so I, I was very quick to tell that agent, I said, look, if you're here to do your job as you've done it before and you're you're just making sure all the, the dealers are following the process and everything's going well, that's fine. But if you ever come here to enforce some illegal, unconstitutional act, you will be met by me. I will, I will stand in the way. I'm not going to allow you to take this. And, you know, the agent, I think, was quite surprised that I said that, but <laughs> I feel strongly about that. Yeah, probably not expecting a run into the sheriff <laughs> in, uh, yeah, some small gun shop in Paul County. But, um, right. hey, are there other sheriffs that like you in Wisconsin or the Midwest that, you know, you've talked to about this stuff? Well, I think the sheriffs are America's last hope to protect and preserve the freedom. And I know a lot of sheriffs all over the country have stood up recently for what they deem unconstitutional, illegal gun measures. You know, the the Constitution is pretty clear. Second Amendment is very clear. And when you see like states like Illinois tried to pass these illegal gun bans, you, you've witnessed their sheriffs rise up to say, we're, we're not we're not going to do this. We're not going to enforce that. That is wrong. And I think that's, again, this great system in our country of checks and balances that no one entity has unlimited power, that there is always somebody to be able to step forward and say, no, this is wrong. And this gets challenged. And again, I encourage everybody to, you know, use our courts and and use due process to fix these things. That's what I. That's the best solution for this right now for me is to see a, a federal judge strike this down, throw it out, and then I'd like to see action on follow up to say that what they did was wrong and they should be held accountable for that. Is this has this whole incident um, made you? Uh, how has this kind of like impacted your? Um... Um, are, are you more vigilant of these types of issues now following the, you know, what, what this interaction that you've had? Well, I just, I think it's my duty to be vigilant. You know, we just went through probably the worst time in America that I can recall where I saw government overreach through the COVID restrictions and for the government to say a church couldn't meet and congregate and for the government to limit people to go, uh, and interact with each other, healthy people. Uh, I think it's a duty of anybody who's taken an oath to uphold the Constitution, when they see something that is egregiously wrong, to step up. I mean, that's that's the job we signed on for. No, that sounds that's great. Um, is there anything else you'd like to mention before we uh, before we wrap things up? No, I appreciate the opportunity, Bill. Um, I think we have to. We have to stand together, and if, if you're a, a person who is not maybe a big Second Amendment person, there's many facets to this rule change that should shock you. If they did this with this device, what's to say tomorrow they don't, they don't, the EPA doesn't say, well, you can't have red cars tomorrow because red cars are sports cars and they're too fast and they pollute. So what's to say they don't make you a felon for having that? I mean, that's the same process they're doing with this. You were allowed to lawfully purchase an item 
and they even gave you a blessing letter when you did it saying this is in compliance and now nope today you're a felon that should scare every person in america um that is an attack on our freedom that is an attack on our rights absolutely well hey sheriff thank you very much for joining us on uh this edition of the mckyver newsmakers podcast all right thank you once again that was sheriff brent walk from polk county and i am bill osmolsky from the mckyver institute thank you very much for listening to this edition of the mckyver newsmakers podcast